Welcome to Hubstaff's Agency Advantage Podcast, hosted by Andy Baldacci. Each week, Andy interviews a successful agency owner who shares their proven strategies to help you build and grow your agency. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me for episode number 28 of Hubstaff's Agency Advantage Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Baldacci, and today I'm talking with Jeremy Reeves, who helps businesses grow their revenue with more automation, more stability, and more consistency using sales funnels. While I couldn't help but geeking out about sales funnels for a few minutes at the end, this interview is really focused on how Jeremy has used this tool to grow his own consultancy and keep his pipeline full. In this episode, Jeremy explains what most copywriters get wrong and details how he built his own audience from scratch, what he does to capture prospects' attention, and how he converts those prospects into clients. If you're looking for a way to build authority and get clients coming to you instead of the other way around, then you're in the right place. So without further ado, here's Jeremy. Jeremy, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me on here. I'm excited. Just for the listeners who aren't familiar with you, can you give just like a quick like 60-second version of your story? Who are you? What do you do? And how did you get there? Yeah, definitely. So uh, at my uh, at my core, I'm a direct response copywriter. So I essentially uh, make people buy stuff. <laughs> um, that's uh, that's kind of what I've been doing the whole time. And uh, and what we do is we specialize in building sales funnels. So instead of just writing copy for you know like a long form sales letter or just emails or just uh, like a you know homepage or you know website, uh, we put all that together you know and make automated systems. Uh, that that kind of uh, attract leads and then turn those leads into customers and then turn those customers into uh, repeat customers and uh, and referral partners. So that's uh, that's pretty much what we do. So I was reading at your site and you're saying one of the main differences between one of the things that kind of set you apart from the other copywriters was the focus on funnels. Was instead of just giving them a sales letter, you made sure they had the systems in place to actually capitalize on that. So how did you kind of realize that it was more than just the copy. Yeah, so this was back and so so if anybody's not familiar, you know, the word sales funnel, you know, the buzzword um has has pretty much been a, a buzzword since I don't know, maybe 2013 or so is when it really started to become popular um online. Uh I I've, I've been doing it since around 2010 or so uh is when I really started putting a lot of focus into it. And I did that because I realized that, you know, looking through all kinds of data and, and stuff like that and analytics and just, you know, kind of customer data, uh, I realized we were losing a lot of people um, through just when you're when you're buying something, when you're interested, um, a lot of times you kind of get that like quick little burst of uh, motivation to buy it. And then if you don't buy it, then a lot of times you forget about it. You know what I mean? Um, whether it's clothes or some kind of widget or service or whatever it is. I'm sure there's a lot of people on here that you've maybe heard. Maybe there's some kind of service, um, just I don't know, design, design, you know, for example. And uh, you need a design, and then you're like, oh, you know, things got in the way, and then you needed it like a month later, and the person you were first looking at, you kind of forgot about them, and you went with somebody else. So if that person, you know, was able to capture your attention by getting you onto their list and then follow up with you and keep adding value to your life, well, when it comes time that you're going to make that decision. You know, who's going to be the one that you think of? It's going to be the one, the guy that's been in touch with you and been top of mind, been adding value to your life been building a relationship, uh, that kind of thing. And showing you why he's the, you know, the best designer um, to go with, you know, and it doesn't it doesn't matter if it's a service product. It kind of works in the same way. But, yeah, you know, that's it kind of came about because uh, I realized that, you know, a lot of people were losing a lot of sales due to timing and due to um, not being able to kind of give your whole sales pitch, if you will, all in one shot, because people don't, they don't, even if they read a long form sales letter, uh, they, they really don't get all the information that they need to make a decision all in one kind of, you know, one fell swoop. Uh, a lot of times it, it kind of, it assimilates into them, uh, over time, you know what I mean? Uh, versus yeah. just in, uh, in one shot. Yeah. And then it's actually one of the guests I had on, uh, Earlier on in the podcast, Kai Davis, his big thing is he's an outreach consultant. He builds, helps people build audiences, and it's for the exact same reason because not everybody is going to be a bit ready to buy today. Yeah, exactly. And if you just are focused on them and if they're not ready to buy today and you just send them on their way, it's very unlikely if they're going to remember you, come back to you when they are ready to buy. So just setting the systems in place to kind of keep them engaged is going to have a huge impact in the long run because – 
they're not even just coming back to you. They you, they never left you. They're all they're already there. Yeah, yeah. And and one you know one really good. I mean, I have I have a million examples of this uh, of of kind of showing that it actually works. Uh, <laughs> is I had a I had a lady. She was on my list for uh, around three years before um, we ever did work together. And after, you know, those three years, she when when she first got in touch, she was like, hey, you know, I've been on your list for a really long time uh, and, and I just keep getting emails from you. And, you know, I just I knew that you were the copywriter, like when I was ready, I was going to work with you. She ended up spending almost forty thousand dollars with me wow. over a uh, <laughs> I think it was a three month period. Uh, and I'm you know guessing I mean? that that sale was a lot easier than a lot of other sales oh, yeah. because she had known you for so long. Yeah. Now. Yeah. It was basically um, it was basically, hey. I'm ready, you know, uh, what are we doing? How much is it going to be? And, you know, kind of figured all that and okay, let's get started. You know, it was, it wasn't even really a sale. It was just, <laughs> you could be the worst salesman in the world. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, and that's how powerful it is. Like it, 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 you, you train people to think of you as the choice, not, not like a choice. It's you were, you were going to be the choice when they're ready. You know what I mean? Uh, Exactly. They they say I want to work with Jeremy, not I need to find a copywriter, mm-hmm. I need to find a, a funnel guy. This is they know who they want to work with. Yeah, yeah. And I, I get people all I mean constantly that hey, you know, I'm not ready right now, or they get in touch. It's like hey, I want to build a funnel, and you know, I, I kind of give them a, a range of the fees, and they're like, oh, okay, well, maybe not yet. Um, <laughs> but but well, you know, once the business kind of grows, uh, then then when we're looking, we'll redo the funnel or whatever. Um, and I've had, you know, a lot of those people do come back, you know, a year later, two years later, three years later. Um, it happens. I mean, it happens all the time. So how did you first get these people to come to you at all? Like, how did you start building this list and offering your consulting services? Yeah, so that's actually really easy. So all you really have to do uh, to get people onto the list, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, what do I give away for free to get them onto my email list? And the answer is really simple. Give them something that's going to help them solve one of their problems. You know, that's that's really all all it's about. Um, so so with me, I've I have a couple different. Uh, I mean, I've been doing this a long time. You don't have to get as complex as this, but I mean, I have, uh, I think, two or three different free reports. I have um, probably three different automated webinars. Uh, I have. I think those are the most of the ones that I use. Um, so j- just stay, stay with them. I, I probably have one or two more, but um, just, you know, three different reports and three different webinars. So based on when I'm doing things like, and we'll talk about this, when I'm doing things like uh, doing podcasts and uh, doing more specifically with articles, uh, I will send people to those different lead magnets based on like what the topic's about. You know what I mean? So if I'm, if I'm writing an article that's uh, for beginners I can send them to one of my lead magnets that's attracting more beginners. And then with those people, I typically sell them uh, my information products versus my services. You know what I mean? Uh, Whereas if I'm writing an an article about something more advanced, you know, if I'm getting into some really heavy like copywriting uh, strategies or uh, like advanced funnel building, doing things like segmentation, that type of thing. Uh, then I know I can send them to, uh, I have a webinar called, you know, basically taking your funnel to the next level. And so I'll send them there. And then that way, and then, you know, through that funnel, they're getting sold. Um, I'm talking to them about my services versus the products. You know what I mean? Um, the kind of the start of it is finding the opportunities to kind of grow your audience through the guest posting, through podcasting, through all of that. And then the second part is creating a relevant offer to bring them into your audience. Yeah. Is that accurate? Yeah, Definitely. Let's focus on, the, on that first part. So, because you have been very proactive with guest posting, I was looking at your site. You've been on Kiss Metrics, Crazy Egg, Bid Sketches, tons and tons of big name sites. How did you get started with that? Like, what sort of impact has that had on your business? Yeah. Uh, so, I got started with that, you know, basically, oh God, years ago, back in, I don't know, 2008 or nine or something like that. And, uh, and the way to do that to get, you know, because I know most of what I write for now is like, you know, the big names, they have huge traffic, all that. Um, you typically don't start with that. Um, it's, it's a little bit harder to kind of break in. Uh, unless, you, I mean, if you write, if you write some amazing, badass article, most people are going to accept it, you know, regardless of your background, you know, they're, they're probably going to accept it if it's something really unique, really, you know, incredible. Um, but most beginners don't really have the knowledge to write stuff like that. So, you know, start off with smaller blocks, you know, don't worry too much. Just, just worry about, uh, I, I think of it in terms of like three levels, you know, start with the, the C players and just get on some blogs and then, uh, 
you know, then when you get one that's like pretty good, well, then you start telling the B players and, hey, I was just on this blog. You know, I've, uh, you know, can I be on your blog? You know, that kind of thing. Um, here's some ideas I had, that kind of thing. Uh, and yeah, kind of working up the ladder. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is the same thing. Like, I mean, if you're going out with affiliates, if you're, I mean, basically anything, you know what I mean? Um, the more, even with, you know, clients, like, uh, like a client list, as you go up, like there's going to be some C players that a B player looks and it's like, hey, I know that guy, you know, and then, then you get B players on your list and then you get. Yeah, it's a social proof. Yeah, yeah. And then you have, you know, your list of B players and then some of the A players are going to know them and then, you know, and then you work your way up. I don't do them as often anymore. Uh, I do po- more podcasts now than uh, than guest articles because uh, it's just, you know, it's easy. You just sit down and you start talking and you're done. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, and, uh, and I, you know, I write so much that sometimes it's a good break. You know what I mean? I'm yeah, no, doing, absolutely. I can see that. Yeah, I'm doing so much client uh, writing work that, you know, sometimes it's nice to stop writing and start talking, you know? Yeah, I mean, so I, I essentially just use those articles to then send people to my website, which gets them uh, onto my, you know, onto my list. And, uh, and then they go through my, you know, through my funnels. One thing I think that stops a lot of, especially like agency owners and consultants from, from pursuing this is they kind of have the view that they need to be driving tens and thousands of visitors from all these blogs and that they just think it's insurmountable. But do you, how much traffic do you actually need to get from these posts to make them more than worth your time? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I mean, I can tell you my main website does not get that many visitors, you know what I mean? Uh, and that's because you really don't need me. I, I don't even know the exact stats off the top of my head. Um, but well, it's because they're not that important to you. They yeah. Don't... Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then like I have, I have separate things for selling products and stuff like that, but that's kind of a separate conversation. Um, but yeah, I mean, for selling like my services, I mean, you really don't need that many. You could get no visitors and you could just do direct outreach, you know, to people and still have a successful business. You know, it's, it's really, it's not about the quantity as much as it is about the quality. You know what I mean? Um, so, and, and especially when you're selling kind of higher value services, and I think that's what a lot of people get hung up with, even just on the idea of building an audience or building a list. They say like, well, there's no way I'm ever going to build a, 50,000 person list. And it's like, yeah, but when you're selling products and services for thousands of dollars, you don't need that big of a list to actually make it worth your time. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and you'll also find that when you do these posts, you know, some are going to be grand slams and, and most are going to be little singles. You know what I mean? Um, I had my, my best post and nothing has really even become come anywhere close to this, really. Uh, my best post was on uh, Visual Website Optimizer. It's a uh, it's split testing tool. And I did a post... On their blog, um, probably it's got to be about three years ago. And that single post, um, when I it went live, and I got I think it was like fifteen leads in the first twenty four hours. Yeah, um, and I got leads for the next. Uh, it was about two years that they they stopped around a year ago, um, and you know, give or take a couple months here and there. But I directly attributed over $120,000 to that single blog post. So it was a a good use of an hour of my time. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, Now, you can't do that every time. Um, That just, that was just one of those things. It just went live and it just exploded. You know what I mean? Um, It got picked up by, uh, uh, what's the one? Hacker Hacker News or Hacker? uh, Is it Hacker News? Hacker news. Yeah, yeah. Um, it got picked up by that uh, Y Combinator. Like, I mean, it was just it just hit a you know it, it resonated um, with the right people, I guess. And it just, what was the subject? Um, it was about uh, it was about breaking down a long form sales letter. Uh, so you know, it was at a time where everybody was talking about, oh, you know, do you still need long form sales letters and blah blah blah. And you, the answer is yes, you still do. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so I broke it down and and like I really. I Talked about it. If you, if you search uh, for Jeremy Reeves Visual Website Optimizer, um, you'll find I wrote a couple articles from them. You can okay. probably find it in there. Yeah, I'll make sure to link it up in the show notes. But I think it, it's a good point that you said that because, like you were saying, is that that one was a grand slam, but not all of them are. A lot of them are just singles, uh-huh. and some you might even kind of strike out on. But so, did you build a process where you're like, all right, I'm going to commit to this. I'm going to keep consistently putting content out there, and I know some of them will work, but it won't all work. Or like, what was your mindset like to? to commit to this. Yep. 
So I used to do, I used to shoot for one a week. So it was, you know, one new article every single week. That means that every single week um, that went out, I was having at least uh, one article that was getting published somewhere, you know, pretty decent. And, you know, you have to have criteria. Um, so it's it's kind of hard with criteria because you don't know exactly how many page views they're getting. You don't know which uh, article topic is really going to hit home. You know, you kind of have an idea but you really don't know, you know. I've I've written for some um, some kind of big names, uh, and it really did nothing. You know what I mean? And then I've written for other companies where it was like, oh, you know, this is kind of just a, I'm going to do it just because you know I, I said I was going to do it, and then it, it turns out really well. You know, so some you just don't know sometimes. You know, if you're thinking of going this route, which I do recommend, by the way, just say like, okay, here, you know, here's my list of criteria. And then how many am I going to do every week or every month or every day or whatever it is? You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, like I said, now I, I kind of switch my strategy. I do a lot more podcasts uh, than I do uh, article, you know, guest posts. So and, and the reason, by the way, for that is uh, and as you'll see, as at the end of this, I'm going to tell people to start listening to my podcast. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> exactly. And I noticed I only it's funny because I've been doing the podcast for I think I have 60 episodes or so. And I just. Uh, within the last like two months, I started telling people instead of like go to my website. Now it's basically, you know, step one is download my podcast. Step two is go to my website. Uh, when I added that first part in about downloading my podcast, uh, my podcast since then uh, has has basically more than doubled in the last like two months. Um, so I'm basically going on podcasts to get people onto my podcast. You know, the podcast has become my like kind of platform, uh, if you will. You know, um, I, I would say, and by the way, uh, podcasting is an awesome way to get, uh, to get, you know, clients. I would say probably 80%, um, of, of the clients that I work with anymore. So in the, in the past like six months, just say, um, are podcast listeners, you know, that, that doesn't mean that they found me through the podcast and then, you know, that, but podcast is such a good way to just, you know, if people are interested in you to keep them interested in you and it's kind of, it kind of does the same thing as email, you know what I mean? And I recommend having both by the way. Uh, but it's, it's kind of the same, uh, principle as email as you know, you're continually adding value, you're demonstrating your expertise, you're showing, you know, authority, credibility, all that stuff. And staying top of mind, and that's what a podcast does, you know. Yeah, and it also has that kind of personal side of it. They they get to they get to hear your voice, they get to hear how you interact, and it, it gives them a deeper connection than just text. Yep. Often can. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And especially like if you're not as good or as skilled a copywriter, then the spoken word is a lot more easier to get that personal connection with. Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, and it's funny, like you know, a lot of people are like, oh well. Uh, you know, I say ums and I don't want to go through all the editing and blah, 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 all that, all that kind of stuff. As you can tell th how I talk, I am not refined at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, uh, I, I laugh. I say ums. I, you know, I'll, I'll, on my podcast, I'll cough in the middle of it and not even edit out. <laughs> you know, um, the one time I actually, my, uh, my dog started making noise and I actually like, I said like, hold on, I have to go like calm my dogs down <laughs> and they came back, you know. Um, and it's just, you know, people like to listen to real, authentic. it's real. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I've actually, what's funny is that, uh, my, uh, I kind of gauge the success, the, uh, I guess resonance uh, of my podcast based on how many comments I get, uh, after people saying like, Hey, that was an awesome episode. My, the one that I've gotten the most episodes on, I was drunk for <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, I, I was away on business and uh, and I had a couple beers. There was like a cocktail thing um, at the at the thing that I was at, and uh, and then I came back to the room and had another. Um, I don't know one or two. I forget how many I had. But I was yeah. I wasn't drunk, but I was I was feeling good. Right. You know, you're feeling good. I had a good buzz, and it was just totally spur of the moment. I was sitting there. I was I was working, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna record a podcast. So I I, I kind of thought for like five seconds about what I talk about. Clicked it on, did it, and and you know recorded it, and uh, no no edits whatsoever, and uh, and I kind of just went on a rant for like a half hour, and uh, and I got I've never gotten more comments than <laughs> than that. That's hilarious. You know, so. But like, but it, I think it speaks to the point is that like you were speaking without inhibition, without yeah, yeah. So you were just kind of going with it. You were just the rant. Yeah. is what's going to resonate because that's it's not rehearsed. It's not something you planned out. It's how you truly feel, and if you feel that way. 
it's likely that a lot of other people do as well yep. and will resonate mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. How long did you do the kind of weekly guest posting for? Uh, I would say probably probably like a year or so. Um, you know, and it wasn't perfect. I wouldn't get it every single week. You know, most weeks I would. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would say around a year, uh, something. What sort of time commitment did that take? Probably it takes me, I can, I can, I can usually get an article out in like 45 minutes or so, uh, something like that. You know, it's a, it's a little bit faster for me. I mean, I pretty much just sit down and my fingers go, you know, um, because I'm a copywriter, you know what I mean? It's, um, it's easy for me. Uh, most people, it's not quite that easy. It might take an hour, two hours, something like that. Uh, and then, and then also you're doing outreach and things like that. One of my, I have a, uh, I have an employee who does all that stuff for me. Um, actually they probably reach out to you. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, they, they go out basically, I, again, criteria, I just said, okay, here's the type of people I'm looking for. You know, again, it's never perfect. You know, even with podcasts, I've been on podcasts that get, you know, 10,000 or more downloads uh, per episode. I've also been on ones that get a couple hundred. You know what I mean? Um, and it's just, it's just consistency. You know, um, that's, it's such a big, that's such a big thing with, uh, with any, I mean, really with any business with being successful is just keep doing it, you know, keep, just get a plan and just go, you know, don't, don't worry too much about like, oh, well, you know, he doesn't have enough downloads and, and that kind of thing. Just get yourself out there. You know what I mean? Um, you never, ever, ever know, uh, who's listening. You know what I mean? Um, especially like if you're, if you're selling a $20 product, maybe that's a little bit different, but right. if you're selling high end services, I've always taken that approach. Like, look, I don't even, you know, I don't know even getting on the phone with people. It's like, well, you know, this person, I might get on the phone and maybe they're not a good fit, but maybe one of their, you know, maybe they have a business partner. that's a good fit. That's, I've also made, you know, probably six figures from just from that alone. You know what I mean? That's actually a really good point because most agencies are going to have some sort of free consultation. If it's 15 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever, speaking one-on-one to somebody. And obviously that gives you a more personalized approach, but a podcast, even with a small audience, even a guest post, even with a small audience, any of that, if it can work going one-to-one, like even if you're speaking to a hundred people, the math still should work for you because you don't need a huge, even conversion rate. You don't need a huge number of clients to build a really successful agency. Yep. Yep. Yeah. This is right from the start. Is that where you kind of, you went, you're like, all right, I'm going to go with guest posting stuck to it or did you have was there a transition where you're trying other things or was this like where you kind of hit the ground running yeah so i uh i'm a big believer in having multiple pillars you know it's something i learned from from jay abraham and his uh uh, whatever he whatever he calls it you know the the pillars uh of success or i I forget what he calls it i'm surprised i don't know because he's he's probably my biggest influence um yeah, one of my favorite books is getting what is it? Getting everything you can from all you've got. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I've got I've read that book so many times; it's insane. <laughs> um, and I also the the audio from it and 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 all that kind of stuff. Um, the the Parthenon. Yeah, that's what, that's what the Parthenon. That's what he calls it. I'll look. I'll link it all up in the show notes. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Jay's uh, Jay's actually. I, I just interviewed his uh, partner um, on on my podcast. Uh, but anyway. Um, so I've, I've always been a big believer in having multiple pillars because a couple of years ago I got banned from AdWords and uh, it was basically at that point I was essentially only doing uh, guest articles and uh, and AdWords, right? right? And so AdWords uh, was making up the bulk of where I was getting my clients from, you know what I mean? Um, the, the articles weren't, you know, it was in the beginning phase of that. Uh, so if they haven't like the momentum didn't, you know, wasn't there yet. Uh, so I got banned from AdWords cause I had too many testimonials. <laughs> God forbid. Uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, basically <clears throat> that you're not allowed to say on like the landing page. Yeah. Yeah. You're not allowed to like talk about results essentially. Uh, oh. you know, basically the, the worse you are, um, at doing the job, yes. the, uh, the, the better they like the more compliant. You yeah. Are. Yeah. Um, so I was essentially booked um, just from that, and then I got banned. I got blacklisted, essentially. Um, I'm back on there now, actually. Uh, but that happened, and that really woke me up to, okay, well, don't just do one thing. You know, look, Focus on the long term and have a couple different things going. So like nowadays, I have, I have uh, an AdWords campaign running. I still do guest posts. I do a lot of podcasts. Um, I do Facebook ads. Um, I'm trying to think. I just did a – I just started a direct mail campaign. 
Um, I do some direct outreach with people, like more just relationship building, you know, starting relationships with people. Uh, I have uh, I, I have a kind of an outreach program looking for joint venture partners, which is a big thing, by the way. Uh, so looking for pe- other people who uh, also serve my, you know, my clients, uh, so other entrepreneurs, you know, so um, I, I reach out to designers, I reach out to uh, one of the areas that we specialize in is uh, the health industry. So I'm reaching out to um, uh, people uh, like manufacturers of supplements, you know, and uh, because their clients are also, you know, the people selling the supplements write the copy for, you know what I mean? Um, so I reach out to people like that and say, Hey, you know, I'm looking for clients. Um, it's a new revenue stream for you. Cause I'll give you a commission and your clients find somebody that's, uh, you know, reliable and they can trust and get, is going to get them good results. So it's, you know, so it's a win, win, win. Uh, so, so I have like all those different things kind of going on at once. And, um, and it seems like a lot to manage, but I have, uh, for most of those, my, uh, my VA does at least, you know, 70% of the process. So like, you know, getting, uh, both getting onto podcasts, uh, and, and getting, uh, guests from my podcasts, uh, plus doing articles, she's reaching out to all those people, you know what I mean? And then I just like, when, when people are interested, then I start, then I take over the conversation. One of the, like, when I say this, it seems really obvious, but at the same time to a lot of business owners, a lot of agency owners, it's not, is that, one of the biggest things that sets apart a successful agency, a successful business, whatever, is having those multiple pillars, having multiple kind of streams of new business. And so many agencies struggle with kind of the feast or famine, the, the big one month they're killing it, then the next month they're, they're scrambling to find any work. And it's because they're depending on just word of mouth or just this and that. And, and it's at the same time, it can be intimidating when they hear about all the different methods you're using. But it's not like from day one, you're like, all right, I'm going to start reaching out for guest posts, uh, podcasts. Let's find some joint venture partners. Let's let's do direct mail. And, oh, what else can we do? Like, no, this was slowly you figure something out, added something else and then kind of built on it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a really, really good point. So, you know, I have whatever there are like six of them or whatever it is. Um, yeah, definitely. What I would recommend is start with one, perfect that, get the system in place. You know, and, and you're kind of just moving along and then add another one and then get the system in place, get another one, get the system in place. You know, um, definitely don't try to do all of them at the same time. Um, unless unless you're sitting there and you're like, hey, I have nothing to do. You know, then, you know, by all means, go and just freaking hustle, you know, do all of them. True. <laughs> uh, right. And But I, I like how you also focus on get a system in place because that's the other thing is you're not kind of randomly – throwing against the wall and seeing what sticks. I mean, you're trying a bunch of different things, but you're deliberate about it and you have a process. And once you have that process too, not only is it going to make it more likely you're successful, but then you're able to hire someone to do that. So you have the time to try another pillar, try another kind of acquisition channel. Yeah, absolutely. Once we'll go to the second part, which I said we would get a while ago, but we'll go to the second part of the equation now. So once you get these podcast listeners, these guest post readers, or anyone else kind of into your ecosystem. How do you, have you set up your funnel so that they, some percentage of them eventually turn into consulting clients? Yeah. So, uh, kind of the way that I do my funnel and I, I really need to do a better job of my own funnel. <laughs> you know, the, uh, the, the cobbler's son has no shoes. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> and that, that's so, that is so common talking with everybody. Like whenever I ask, like if you're an email marketing consultant, if you do anything like the most first, the first disclaimer I always hear is like, oh, I really need to work on yeah. this myself. It's just <laughs> yeah, um, and and I will say that my funnel is in place. It's a good funnel, but it's not like perfect. Um, mostly because it doesn't really, you know, I don't need to do like I, there's enough there that I don't really, you know, my time is been better spent in other places essentially because um, I'm already getting you know more than enough work. Uh, but you know, so so basically, what I what I do on a kind of general level is. Uh, in my, you know, like with the people that I help, there's basically uh, people that, and let's just say in a general area of like zero to roughly a couple hundred thousand, they're really looking more for, inf- you know, yeah, like more like information products uh, in terms of like how I can help them uh, versus me doing it for them. Because our fees are in the four and five figures. Our minimum fee is uh, five grand. So usually if they're, if they're like kind of, you know, at the very beginning phases, uh, they number one don't have that, and even if they do have it kind of lying around, I I, I tell a lot of people, um, you know, probably 
you know, probably $50,000 a year or so, uh, of worth of business that I basically could get, but it's not in their best interest. You know what I mean? Because if they're only making a hundred thousand dollars and they spend 10 on a new funnel, you know, even if we double, you know, their revenue, um, it, it's not a huge ROI versus if they're making like, you know, a million and they spend 10 on a funnel, you know what I mean? It's the, the ROI is so much easier to get for people. Um, and, and you know, essentially like if you only increased it, just say 10%, just to kind of match up the, the $10,000, uh, they're kind of like a break even. And it's like, uh, you know, they, that was an okay experience versus, you know, again, if, uh, if they're at a million and we increase it 10%, well, now they made an extra hundred thousand by spending 10. So now exactly you know, 10 times ROI. So then, and the hundred thousand person probably is a dozen other things that are, might be more important for them to figure yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of times I'll, I'll say like, Hey, you know, look, you know, we can build a funnel, but why don't you focus on these areas first, you know, get the scale, really understand your audience. And then we'll come back, we'll redo your copy. We'll add in, you know, all the, all the other things that, you know, that we do with the sales funnel. Um, and, and then we'll take it kind of to the next level from like 500 to a million or what, you know, whatever it is. And usually I, I determine this usually by how they come into the funnel. So I have a couple, like I was saying before, I have a couple, uh, lead magnets, uh, whether it's a webinar or a free report, if somebody downloads it, it kind of tells me where they're at, you know, because someone that's at uh, $5 million isn't going to download something about like, you know, the top three mistakes you're making in your funnel or something like that. So it's kind of like beginner level stuff uh, versus if I'm talking about, you know, um, the the seven behavioral segmentations you can make to uh, to double your email rates or, or whatever. I just made that up. People that are kind of under 500,000 usually aren't focused on that stuff, whereas people that are in the seven-figure range are. So um, so I you know, would then talk to them differently based on uh, if they're kind of uh, earlier on in the stage uh, or in their, uh, you know, in their marketing versus later on. And uh, so, so I kind of sell like a mix of uh, information products and services. You know what I mean? And um, – did you always have the information products or is that something you added in later? Yeah, I've, I've had them. I'm trying to think. Uh, probably two to three years in there somewhere. Um, they, yeah, they definitely weren't there for the first couple of years. Um, and then I added them in. And, uh, and it's nice because I, I actually had a couple of years ago, um, right when I first came out, I think one of my first products was called uh, 101 Conversion Tips. Uh, and so it was about basically, you know, how to you know get better conversions throughout your funnel, and I still remember this one guy uh, saw the order come through, and I think he bought one of the upsells, and then he emailed me like two days later, and he said, "Hey, I just bought your product just to see if you were legit. Um, I'm I actually wanted to hire you. Uh, you don't have to give me a refund or anything. You know, it was actually really good information. That's why I'm you know kind of talking to you now. And he ended up, uh, I think it was about ten ten grand." So, wow. um, but, but it was funny, you know, that really validated cause I, I kind of had the theory that a lot of people will buy your products just to see if you're legit before they, hire well, you. especially if you're targeting a lot of people in the kind of the info marketing space, the supplement space where they have, they already have an awareness of the importance of funnels, yeah. like your, your clients. So they kind of want to make sure that they don't know more than you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the the other side of that is a lot of people will buy it and then say, hey, uh, it's really good information, but I don't really feel like doing all this. Can you just do it for me? <laughs> um, so we're actually in the process now of um, of getting a an offer uh, essentially to break even on uh, with Facebook traffic, uh, selling the information products. So then essentially what we're doing is generating free buyers uh, and then, you know, a percentage of those will turn into you know, consulting clients, you know what I mean? And then, and then also, you know, if they're free buyers, uh, essentially right away, like if they're break even, um, right up front, uh, just from the, the first product and an upsell or something, uh, then they'll also become, you know, long-term buyers and then their, you know, customer value will go up, um, over time, even if they don't, uh, you know, even if they don't, uh, buy a service, you know, um, they'll continue buying information products over the years or affiliate products or whatever. Yeah. Once you have that funnel in place, like that's where I think the real value comes from is that you're able to spend more to acquire clients and do it properly like russell brunson or brunson i forget the founder of click brunson, funnels yeah. yeah his big thing is one of his biggest offers he did was the book he wrote dot com secrets he would give away for free plus shipping and like if that was all if he just stopped at that it would lose money but then you would have upsell after upsell after upsell 
in every little layer he had in every extra product he sold would just be pure profit on top. And at the end, he would have some like 25K a quarter ultimate coaching package with him. And like, that's just all, if you can break even just getting people into your, your list, into your audience, everything on top of that is just pure gravy. And there can be a lot on top of it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And cause that's the other thing too, is like, I, I sort of geek out on the info marketing space and having all these products and this and that, but I know a lot of the listeners want not nothing to do with it, but that's just so far out of what they're looking to do that it might not seem relevant, but that's why I asked, like, is this what you started with? And it's not because it, you, you started with the services, the high, the high end kind of bespoke services. And then I'm guessing what you saw is that there are a lot of people that weren't ready for that, that they, you could, like you said, you, there are a lot of people you're disqualifying and saying, Hey, this isn't what you need right now. Here's something else. And then once you kind of had those people coming to you and you were turning away a lot of people, that's the point where you're able to say, Hey, maybe I should create something, create it once, and give them something that they can consume at their own pace and so that I don't need to just completely turn them away. Is that reasonable? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you have all these offers, like you don't need to get into too specific, but like how do the info products, like how do these kind of contribute to your overall revenue? Like is it a significant portion or is it purely kind of just looked at as lead generation and then the bulk of the money comes from the services? Like how does it all kind of break down? Yeah, I would I would say Information products are maybe like ten percent uh, versus the you know the ninety uh, with the with the services. You know what I mean? Um, pro- that's probably that's probably pretty. I mean, obviously, you know, give or take. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would say it's that, and it's starting to sway more. Like where I'm starting to focus a lot more on uh, the information products because I'm kind of at my capacity uh, for the services, and um, you know basically with myself and then uh and then i have one guy who helps me um so we get things done a lot faster uh kind of like a uh, assistant writer i guess if you will before we go deeper here we're going to take a quick commercial break but when we come back jeremy's going to cover the options that an agency has for growth and how you should decide what option is right for you so just hang tight for 30 seconds and we'll jump back into it I'm guessing the idea of having multiple client acquisition channels isn't groundbreaking to you. The trouble is you just don't have the time to try to implement those new channels. And that's where Hubstaff, the sponsor of the Agency Advantage podcast, comes in. Hubstaff makes time tracking software for remote teams. So you can stop tracking time with spreadsheets and start getting insights into how your team is spending their time that only screenshots and in-depth reports can give you. Whether it's simplifying payroll down to a few clicks or finding out where your team is wasting too much time, Hubstaff will free up hours of your time every week. And once you start freeing up the time you're spending working in your agency, then you can start working on your agency and you can start applying the lessons from this show and help your agency grow to its true potential. If you could use a few extra hours every week, then head over to hubstaff.com today and sign up for a free, no credit card required, 14-day trial and get your agency back on track. That's Hubstaff, H-U-B-S-T-A-F-F, Dot com. All right, now let's get back to Jeremy. You know, we're, we're kind of at the point, like, I could keep adding writers and turn it into this big agency and, and that kind of thing. Um, I don't really have a desire to do that um, because I'm, I'm kind of glad, like, I'm happy where it is. It's not too stressful. It's really good income, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and so I'm kind of happy where it is. So now I'm starting to focus more on the information product side because then that's just kind of recurring revenue. Um, I also, and they scale. Yeah, yeah, to scale it. You know, I also have a, a side business that has nothing to do with uh, business whatsoever. We uh, we teach guys how to dress better, you know. Um, <laughs> so it's a big market for that. What, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, oh, God, most guys just dress awful. Um, and, and again, you know, I need some help in that area too. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm definitely more of the, uh, owner of the company and not the expert, you know what I mean? Um, but again, you know, I have a guy that is kind of like the, you know, uh, he, he does all the content for it and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but, uh, I'm actually excited now cause we're launching a new product next week. Um, so this week is actually kind of, um, kind of insane cause I'm doing all the prep for that. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, yeah, so I, so I have, you know, I have multiple kind of revenue streams coming in, um, and it's starting to move, uh, like kind of just keep the services where they are and then add in, you know, more of the recurring, um, side of things. Mm-hmm. And cause that's one of the, the things I think a lot of early kind of early on agency owners, they, they struggle with is that they, there's only so much time that they can sell. 
And so as they get bigger, as they get more work, they have to make a decision. It's like, all right, do I want to hire another person? Do I want to grow? Do I want to scale that way? Or, or what are the other options? And so it seems like one is to keep, which I'm sure you're doing as well, is increasing your rates so that while you're still selling time, while you're still selling yourself to an extent, you're getting more for it. But another kind of alternate path is creating these info products where you demonstrate your expertise in a scalable way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's something that would be very difficult to start out with. But if you are running an agency, if you're running a consultancy, if you're, if you're helping people day in, day out, and you've developed this expertise, I think it's a real path that people could and should at least consider. Yeah, definitely. There's kind of like the 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 lifestyle, freedom lifestyle kind of side. And then there's like the, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk and Grant Cardone and those kind of guys where you just work until your eyes bleed. Um, exactly. I'm, I'm very, very much on the left side of things of, you know, like the lifestyle business. Um, I, I don't, I think there's a time and place for the, you know, work until your eyes bleed kind of thing. Um, and it also depends on what type of business you're going to sell or you're going to uh, create. Like if you're building a startup, you know, those guys, they usually, um, and I actually have one as a client right now, uh, they grow so fast that you can't not, you know, you can't turn it into a lifestyle business. You know, the whole purpose of uh, that type of startup is maximize valuation, sell it for a couple million dollars, take a couple of years off. <laughs> you know, like that's that's kind of like the whole dream. So that's a little bit different. Um, so what what is your dream? What do you want to get from your consulting? Yeah, I mean, my my kind of perfect day and I'm getting pretty close to it. Uh, is to basically work uh, like half a day or so, you know, maybe five hours or so um, a day of really, really, really focused, intense work. And then, uh, which for me would be, you know, roughly from six until about lunch and then take the rest of the day off, you know, uh, no weekends, no, uh, no, no nights, you know, things like that. Um, so I'm, I'm actually getting pretty close there. I'm, I'm six to three right now. Uh, so I only have to shave off about three hours a day. So that's not, that's not, that's not too bad. Um, as the information, uh, like, you know, the recurring side of thing, uh, grows, then I'll start kind of shaving off the hours. Uh, but so that's, that's where I'm going. And, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just a believer. I mean, I have so many other hobbies, you know, I love, uh, even, you know, things like health, like I love to work out. I love to meditate. I love to go into nature and do things like hiking and fishing. And, um, like there's so many amazing things that you can do with your life. And most people are just chained to their desk all day long. You know, uh, I have a, I have a family, I have a, a, a three and a four year old and a wife, um, and we have a really good relationship. So we always, you know, we go on date nights, we go on little trips and, you know, things like that. Um, you know, and there's, and you know, even, even now, like it's, it's summer now. So, uh, you know, now I'm out, um, working on my garage. Uh, I, I just put in a, uh, a hundred inch, uh, projection like setup thing in the garage, which is so you have a little man oh, cave going awesome. on. It's so <laughs> Uh, and, and surround sound and everything. And it's, so I just go in there and I'll, you know, play PlayStation or, uh, or watch a movie or something with a cigar, you know, it's, uh, oh, it's so badass. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and the next thing I'm working on is, uh, you know, building a, a workbench for the garage. So like, you know, I'm starting to do more, uh, cause I was never a handyman, uh, but I'm actually finding it kind of, um, it's a good, it's a good way to get away. Cause I'm, uh, kind of in my head all day thinking about things and, you know, um, and just sitting at the computer and, and that kind of thing. And it's a really good way that I've found um, to get away from all that and just be like totally present in the moment, focused on, uh, you know, whatever I'm building or whatever, you know, if you're putting your hand by a saw, obviously you have to be in the moment. <laughs> yeah. You got to pay attention. Yeah. You don't want to lose a finger, but, uh, but no, but I, but I think it's, it's important to kind of to dig into this because you didn't develop the ability to have this lifestyle back. No, no, There's it wasn't simple. like you just kind of you just let things grow and then you're like, Oh, Hey, I have the life I wanted. Like you, this was a deliberate thing. You had to build your, your consulting in a way that allowed for this. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a very, very strategic, uh, plan from day one. You know, um, when I was, uh, when I first started the business, um, I was still, me and my wife have been together since we're, uh, 18. Um, so we've been together a long time and, uh, you know, I, I always told her, like, she always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And I told her, you know, when we were engaged and, and all that stuff, that was, like, my big promise to her was that, you know, I, I would build a business that was successful enough that she could stay home and watch the kids. And she does. She hasn't she hasn't worked in uh, basically since she was pregnant with my first son, who's going to be five in a month. Um, so uh, she then that's when, I mean, and she could have done before that even, um, but she, you know, she, I mean, she wanted to work. She was a hairdresser. Um 
so uh yeah so that that was my you know my big thing but but i always do like that was kind of like the the foundation of everything um i've always been a believer like i've always loved to do stuff and just enjoy life and i never really liked you know the the kind of thought process or the theory of just working all day long and you know um and even people are like oh you know it's well working is my working's my passion it's like all right great i i love what i do too but i also love other things you know what i mean like i don't want to just love one thing in my life i think that's kind of a sad pathetic life you know what i mean um that you can, you know, I think you should set up your life. And this is me. Like, and this doesn't have to be everybody, by the way. Um, and I hold no judgment for people who work a lot. You know, like I said, I used to do that. Um, but once once kids came into the equation, it t- totally changed everything. Um, and, you know, now I get to spend several hours every single day with them. You know, I go out and play with them in the yard. I cook them dinner, we, you know, all that stuff. I've always had that in my head um, from the beginning. Like I want to I don't want to get caught in that trap of just working constantly and doing that. Um, and then I also, every, roughly every quarter, um, I'm not as consistent with it as I should be, but usually every quarter, um, I'll sit down and kind of reanalyze everything and say, okay, you know, what are the things that are going well? Um, where am I spending too much time? Is there something that I'm spending a lot of time that's not really giving me a good, um, reward on it? Uh, are there areas that I should be adding in a little bit more time that I can see the, Potential. So, for example, the side business. I started doing uh, a couple nights, a couple nights uh, a week, or or like a Saturday morning or whatever. Um, may, maybe five ten hours extra a week on that business because uh, the more I grow that business, the less that I have to work in the services business. You know what I mean? And that's all. Like that business is hundred percent. It's you know, if I wasn't working on it, growing it, um, I would spend I don't know maybe a half hour a month. Uh, and the rest is, you know, the traffic comes in automatically, all the sales I have, you know, a uh, person does all the support, all that stuff. It's like, you know, um, it's like totally automated. Uh, so now I'm basically focusing on that. I'm basically working on my services business during the day, you know, the, the main consulting business. And then uh, the, you know, the other business um, basically at nights and weekends, uh, basically whenever I'm feeling the motivation. <laughs> uh, and uh and yeah, you know, so it's, I'm kind of just going to keep doing that. And then as that grows, then I'll work a little bit less, you know. So. Yeah, it'll shift. It'll allow you to shift yep. kind of so that towards the more, not necessarily fully passive, but towards the things that don't require every waking moment to deliver value to get paid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's something that is super important for every agency owner to think about is because so many agency owners, they start out as a freelancer, they do a good job, word of mouth, they help helps them grow. Suddenly they have more work they can handle. They start hiring people because that's just what they assume you're supposed to do. And then a few years down the road, they look around, they're working 80 hours a week. They're barely making more money than they were when they were on their own. And they, and, and they don't see a way out. And so I don't, I'm not necessarily, and I don't think you are either. We're not telling people like, oh, create some info products and that'll fix everything. But it's to take a step back, figure out what it is that you do want to get out of this. And then be honest with yourself and say, is the way you're working right now going to get you there? And even if you do want to, I've talked to some people who know they want to build a huge multi-million dollar agency, and that's fine. But but to get there without wanting to kill yourself, you need to be very deliberate about it. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's I think it's shown through talking to you that throughout this whole process, it's if you look back on it, it can seem like oh well it worked perfectly for him, but like it didn't. It there were struggles along the way, but you were deliberate and you had a plan. And then you adjusted. You didn't just kind of stick with one thing, even when it was clear it wasn't working. Yeah, and and, and the one thing that I would want people to um, to really think about is what do you want? You know, what I mean, don't don't think of um, if you you know if you want to do something like mine, where it's just you and maybe one other person, like a small team. You know, um, I have our team like we have three people. You know, um, and it's very very manageable. You know, and it's very easy. It's very stress free. Um, I, I can't take a lot of, uh, well, I don't like to take a lot of stress. You know, I'm not one of those people, uh, that can just like absorb the stress and just keep it, you know, um, I, I'm not, I don't, I don't like that. I mean, it's not healthy for you. <laughs> I've gone through that stage and when I get stressed, I get horrible, uh, uh, tension headaches where, where like, I mean, it knocks me on my ass for days, you know? So my body's just not equipped to handle that, nor do I like it. Nor, you know, I don't want to deal with that. It's just not necessary. Um, it's not how humans are supposed to live, in my opinion. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but if you like, you know, building a big agency, maybe your plan is kind of like the startup. 
you want to build it to just say 5 million, sell it for, I don't know, whatever the, I don't know what multiple they go for, just say 20. Um, and then take, you know, take a couple of years off or, or put that in your next venture, whatever it is. That's fine. You know, but my big thing that I always tell people is don't, don't listen to my story and then think that that's what you want to do. You know, think about what you want. If you want to live kind of like set your business up like mine, then great. That's, that's, you know, that's great. Uh, but if you don't, then that's great too. You know, it's, everybody's here for a different reason. You know, uh, some people like to do it like with, with lifting, you know, some people like doing like jogging. Other people can't like me can't stand jogging, love doing, you know, sprints and jumps and all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, you know, some people like to lift heavyweights. Some people like to lift lightweights, uh, you know, whatever it is. Uh, some people like to do, uh, you know, some people work really well on like a high fat, uh, diet. Some people that, you know, uh, like me, like I need a really balanced, um, kind of diet. You know what I mean? Uh, but I think out of all of that though, it's being aware enough and taking the time to think about like you're saying, Mm -hmm. what do you want? Instead of just kind of going with it and just seeing what happens, it's taking some ownership of the process and saying, all right. I could keep doing this, but let me take a step back and say, is this really getting me where I want to go? Yeah. Be careful who you listen to, essentially. A lot of people, um, and this is to sell their programs, and it's you know it's good for selling because they have a stance and, and that kind of thing. Um, and even me, like when I talk about it, my stance is you know personal freedom and, and that kind of thing. Um, and and that's really mostly a marketing thing to attract people who agree with you, and you know it's good for marketing. But when you're thinking about how to um, kind of set up your own life. Um, be very, very honest with yourself. You know, don't go by what somebody else tells you just because they said that it's the best way to go. You know, um, just like, like me, I mean, don't listen to me, right? Take it as, you know, an option for your life. You know, again, maybe you resonate with it. Maybe you don't. Either way is totally fine. You have to give yourself permission to live your life how you want to live it. You know what I mean? Uh, if you're, you know, and, and a lot of things, I mean, there's, there's so many different factors come in, you know, number one is what you want to do. Number one is, uh, maybe you would kind of prefer doing it one way, but you have kids and you want to see them. So then, all right, well, what's the bigger priority? You know what I mean? Um, and that's for me, like, that was one of the, my big things was with all the freedom is, you know, I want to be there for my kids. I want to be a very, very active dad. I love my kids. You know, we have so much fun together. I get to spend all kinds of time with them. Um, and you know, and my wife, uh, so that's, I mean, that's for me, but you know, think about what you want <laughs> and, uh, and it might help even to make like maybe list out like three different types of lifestyles and, and look at them and say, okay, which one resonates with me the most? You know what I mean? Um, mine was always clear, but for some people it's not clear. Like, do I want to work a lot and make more money? Do I want to work a little let uh, do I want to work less, have more freedom, maybe a little bit less money? You know, um, you'd be surprised how much money you can still make, uh, even with, you know, a very kind of free lifestyle. Um, because you, when your focus is like my focus, when I go to, uh, go to work every day is okay, I'm here until three o'clock and I'm done. How do I maximize my time and not only my time, but my uh, productivity, you know? So like, I mean, I could sit here and, you know, uh, whatever, play solitaire all day, you know? So I'm sitting here, you know, technically working, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but I'm not going to get anything done. Versus if I sat here and it's like, okay, you know, I'm going to charge five grand for a sales letter and bang it out in a day. Well, I just made five grand a day. You know, not that I do. I mean, it takes longer than that, but, uh, you know, just as a, uh, right. Having those constraints, it forces you, if you want to achieve what you want to achieve to do so as efficiently as possible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's one of the cool stories I've heard is, um, Aaron Ross, who's the author of predictable revenue. It's like a big sales book. Uh, it's popular in like Silicon Valley. So he only works 20 to 30 hours a week. But he's, he's adopted something like 12 kids. And so, but he, he said to himself, like, I'm never going to work more than 30 hours a week. And so after, when he started his own consulting, when he left Salesforce, he's grown his personal income from $60,000 a year to over $700,000 a year. And still in that small time window, because he said, those are the rules. Now I need to figure out how to make it work. Cause he just set those as a constraints and said, this is, I have to do it within this time. Yeah. And you force yourself to be more efficient. Yep. Yep. You're constantly looking for the biggest leverage points. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's the same thing with the conversion rate optimization. If you keep stacking up a few wins here and there, the end result is just so much better than where you started, but it's not usually just this one thing you do that transforms it all. 
I hope we didn't kind of overwhelm the listeners with too much sort of psycho babble, but I think it, I think it is important to kind of talk about those things because it's something that most of us in our everyday life don't take enough time to step back and think about. As some sort of parting advice to the listeners, I mean, I think we gave a ton, so we'll, we'll keep it to a couple sentences. But what do you think is the most important thing someone can do in the next just even week to figure out what direction to go with their agency? Yeah, um, so I would say two things. Uh, number one, in terms of like how you want to set it up is, you know, again, you know, and we kind of just talked about this, but really just sit down, take, take, you know, a half hour or, you know, whatever you like to like, go do something by yourself. So if you like to be in nature, go for a walk, go take a hike or something and think about all this stuff. Um, if you like to, uh, you know, sit down with a cigar and a glass of bourbon, go do that and just give yourself some time to just let all this process and think and say, okay, you know, what do I want? You know, and figure that out first. And then the second step is, um, okay, how do I get there the fastest? You know what I mean? Um, and, and just look at what you're doing. The, the easiest win for most people is looking at your business and really analyzing it and saying, okay, well, what's already working? You know, um, a lot of people try to do too many things and without even analyzing like what's actually working or not, they're kind of just doing everything and, you know, they kind of get like the lump sum result, but they don't know what's actually giving them that result. Um, so for me, you know, m one of my best uses is my podcast, you know what I mean? Um, so look at everything you're currently doing and just figure out which one or two things are making you. 80% of the results is, you know, basically do an 80, 20 analysis, you know what I mean? Um, and I can guarantee you that it's in there somewhere. You just have to find it, you know, um, whether that's a certain marketing activity. So for example, doing a podcast or writing articles or doing Facebook traffic or whatever it is, or uh, a certain service that you have. So you might be, uh, you might be making 80% of your income and spending 20% of your effort, getting that 80% on one of your services, Whereas another one, you're, it's like, you know, you're spending a whole bunch of time, you're really not making much money or the clients are annoying or um, it, it could also be the type of client, you know. Um, so, so basically look at those three lenses. Is it look at your marketing, see if there's, you know, look at 80-20 in your marketing, 80-20 in uh, what you're doing, and then also an 80-20 in who you're doing it for. And um, I mean, you know, if you look at those three, you'll, you'll probably find an 80-20 in each of those and then you just kind of, you know, put them all together. Uh, so you're doing, you know, the, the 80, 20 marketing to the 80, 20 person giving them 80, 20 result, you know? Uh, but worst case, I mean, you'll find at least one, <laughs> you know what I mean? Unless no, uh, exactly. You'll find one thing to focus yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, if you don't tell me because it'd just be mind blowing. Like everybody has one of those 80, 20 lever points. It's just the way things work. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, to wrap things up, if, if people, appreciate what you have to say they want to hear more of these thoughts they want to hear more about what you're up to kind of about funnels just about everything in general where is the best place for them to go yeah so i would say uh you know so like i like i said before you already i already told you how it was gonna end <laughs> <laughs> uh so the first thing is to go you're, you're probably listening to this uh on your phone uh you know so just go into your podcast uh app or whatever you know whatever you're listening to and search for sales funnel mastery that's uh, even if you search my name, that'll probably come up. Um, but sales funnel mastery, I should uh, I should I should pop up. So just uh, subscribe to my podcast, and we go through um, all kinds of stuff, uh, more more marketing stuff. I'm starting to get more into uh, this type of stuff, uh, like you know at what we were just talking about at the end, like um, you know kind of building it for you, you know. But uh, but it's kind of like a mix of everything. I mean, we talk about productivity, we talk about copy, we talk about sales funnels, and um, all kinds of stuff like that. So it's a, it's a really really good podcast. Uh, and then the second thing is, if you're interested uh, in working together, then just go to jeremyreeves.com and, and you'll see my you know contact form. You can read about my services that we offer. Uh, essentially, if you want to build one of these funnels, um, then just go there and uh, and get in touch, and we can talk uh, about that. You know, our our typical client is is like five hundred thousand plus, uh, but there's exceptions. I mean, you know, I, I'm working with two people right now that um, basically they have other successful businesses. And the the one that they're starting is basically at zero, but they kind of have funds from their other businesses that they're putting into this one, you know. Um, but yeah, so that's that's pretty much it. You know, if you're interested, kind of just in, 
you know, following me, uh, listening to what I have to say, then uh, Sales Funnel Mastery Podcast. And then if you want to actually um, talk about working together, then just go to jeremyreeves.com and get in touch. And then and there's all kinds of free stuff there too, by the way. There's uh, free reports and webinars that I mentioned. Uh, so you can go there, uh, get on the list, kind of see how I do things, see how I write the emails and um, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, even if even if you don't necessarily have the intention of working with Jeremy, it can be very useful just to see how he works, to sign up for these things and just see like, oh, he sends an email out about this at this time, things like that, that you can think about to kind of break it down and apply to yourself. So definitely go check those out, guys. I'll make sure to link everything up in the show notes if you're catching it on the blog. And Jeremy, I just want to say thanks again for coming on. It was a great time talking with you. Yeah, thanks to you too. All right, see ya. Bye. I hope you guys don't mind the detour we took by talking about taking a step back and asking why. It's something I know I talk a lot about, but I think it's so crucial not just running a successful agency, but actually having a happy life. And that's what most of us want in the end, isn't it? For a lot of my guests like Jeremy today and others like Marcus Blankenship, when they thought about what they wanted, they decided to stay small. For others like Jonathan Daney and Andy Crescedina, they wanted to build something big. There simply aren't many experiences that can compare to running and growing a real team like that, and I think building a true agency is a great goal. But if that's what you want, make sure you aren't acting like a freelancer. Anyways, enough of that tangent. Let's get back to the Meetus interview, building a list and turning that list into clients. So Jeremy's strategy boils down to this. First, find a way to get in front of your target audience. Then, offer them something to solve one of their problems. Continue providing value to them and give them the opportunity to become a client when they're ready. It's not complex, but it does take time and requires consistency. If you can devote the time to building the system up, it's going to pay serious dividends in the long run. That's all I have for you guys this week. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to iTunes and leave me a review. I love hearing from listeners and leaving reviews is one of the best ways to help the show grow. So you'll be killing two birds with one stone anyways. All right, I'll talk to you next week. See ya.